So how did I allow myself to have a slight, very, very, very slight, you know, cautionary thought creep into my mind during my preview game uh, podcast and just my thoughts heading into the game against the Giants? How did I allow any shadow of a doubt creep into my mind, knowing what I knew? Not that I didn't think the Eagles would win that game. I knew that they would win and beat the Giants. But I did think it would be a closer game. But how did I even think that? Knowing what I know, what we all know, is that there was no position on that field except maybe you could debate running back that the Giants had an advantage. None. Every single position. The Eagles had the edge. And a decided edge at that. We're going to the NFC Championship. We got the 49ers coming in. We're going to talk about the Eagles-Giants game. I was there, yours truly, to soak it all in, in person at the link. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Let's talk about it next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. We got the X Factor. It doesn't get faster. You said he only could run. It became a threat passer. This is the next chapter. And Merrill Reese is the narrator. Howie the activator. And Sirianni the navigator. That's the pater. And you can say her surveyor. The row and AJ contain when he bounces. They in bounds. Revenge versus the Titans was energy. Lightning was striking. We routed the Vikings and dead. It meant life. It was frightening. This is from Michael and Nick. For Donovan and Mike Quick. Cunningham and LaShawn. Do it for Trent and Deshaun. We're talking Reggie and Troy. For David Akers, my boy. This is from to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Welcome, Eagles Nation. It is time. It is time. It is time to bring back the NFC Championship through Philadelphia. Remember, last time this happened was just five years ago. And folks, let me just give a quick shout out to that uh, quick intro there. Came across it on, um, on YouTube. Give the proper credits out to Boy Pierce. Uh, so check that out. It was a, a hype song previous to, uh, to the game this week. And, uh, I thought I'd share that with you cause I thought he did a, I don't know the guy. I, I just, I complimented him and, uh, you know, for, uh, just want to, you know, share his, uh, share his work. Cause I thought it was a very, uh, you know, it got me hyped. Got me hyped. Hey, listen, Eagle fans. We're in the dance. Not the Super Bowl dance. Not quite yet. But we're in the dance. We knew that uh, the rights to the Super Bowl would have to come through Philadelphia. And that is the case. And if it's any inkling as far as how the Eagles turned it up uh, Saturday night. Because that was the question, right? Could the Eagles turn it back on after kind of being off? for the last uh, month or so of the season with Hertz's injury and uh, some of the other injuries that they've been dealing with. 
and we got a lot of answers. Man, that was the biggest key coming out of that game. We got a lot of answers. The biggest answer of which, the Giants had no business being on the field Saturday night. That was the biggest answer. But a lot of the other answers that we're more concerned about is Jalen Hurts was his offense getting back in stride to what they were doing all season that was pulverizing defenses. And uh, if my voice sounds a little bit scratchy, uh, that's because I was part of the 12th man last night at the link. I'm yet to watch the game. I was actually going to watch the game prior to giving this podcast, but I figured, you know, since I'm already a, a, a you know, a, a day behind, so to speak, because I was at the game, so I wasn't able to do a post-game pod after the game last night, and I traveled back from uh, Philadelphia to, to uh, Connecticut today, and I wanted to kind of just watch uh, some of the football games today and uh, and then obviously give my post-game podcast tonight. So thanks for you being patient there and tuning in. Just, I mean, I was just so thoroughly impressed by that game. How could you not be? And, um, you know, the Giants are a team that uh, they were rattled so much that even the strength of their team this year, which has been their coaching, you know, uh, was a little scatterbrained in that game. They made a couple boneheaded calls too, you know, and they went for it fourth and eight early. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, not deciding to punt when they were down by three touchdowns. I mean, some, some of the decisions they made were just, I think, I haven't watched the Giants the whole season, but for the most part, I thought that their coaching has been very, very strong. And it has been. I mean, let's face it, the Giants are pretty good hands, I think, going forward with their coaching staff. But uh, the Eagles just blew their doors off so bad in that game that even the coaches were throttled by what the Eagles were doing to them and making stupid decisions. So, I mean, they had – when you say that there's a team that had absolutely no business being on the same field as the Eagles last night, the Giants just absolutely had no idea what was going to hit them. And the Eagles, to their credit, came out there and just took it to them and kick the tar out of them the entire game. Non-competitive game. And that's what we've all, as Eagle fans, have known this season. If the Eagles play to their strengths, don't turn the ball over. There is not a damn team in this league that can stop this team. You can throw us the 49ers next week, which you are. We'll gladly bring them into Philly. You can throw the Chiefs or the Bengals. I mean, think about the Bengals for a second. And I like the Bengals, by the way. I love Joe Burrow, big fan. Jamar Chase, one of the favorite players in the league. But holy smokes. If it does happen to be, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but just let me let me just follow through on this. I just had this thought. Like, if it ends up being the Bengals versus the Eagles, how the hell is that offensive line of the Bengals going to give Burrow enough time to execute that offense? I mean, that is going to be a feast for the Eagles. But again, not going to get ahead of myself. So as sometimes I've become accustomed, especially since I was at the game, I want to give you and share my experience about being at the link. 
uh, with Matt, by the way, the, uh, you know, the, uh, Matt, who's often joins the program. Um, we were down there and, uh, we, the tailgating started early. I mean, it probably, I don't know exactly what time, cause we weren't one of the first tailgaters there, certainly. Cause both of us obviously were traveling. You know, we both had about three and a half hour drives, almost four hour drives to Philly. I'm coming from Connecticut. Uh, he was coming from the South and, uh, we got to the tailgate around, uh, I would say around four o'clock ish, roughly four thirty maybe, and uh, you know obviously still well in advance, and the, all the parking lots were already jam packed full, so you know we were four hours early to the before the game kicked off, and the lots were absolutely already in full force tailgating, fireworks going off, everyone with huge you know tables and. All the grills are going, and the music's blasting, and the alcohol's flowing. Uh, man, it was an exciting atmosphere, and that's why, you know, it's expensive to get these freaking tickets. But there is something certain to be said about being there, and especially it's always been for me, because I don't, I'm not from Philadelphia, um, and so for me, it's just, it's such a huge experience. Like if I actually grew up in Philadelphia. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the tailgates are still fun because you're in the area, but it's so almost routine. You've been doing it probably most of your entire life. Whereas me, it's like my home away from home. It's like a feeling that I don't think Eagle fans that have been, especially diehards like me, that have been fans for 40-something years now. It's like my second home. Even though I've never lived in Philadelphia, I just feel home. Because you think about it, as a Eagles fan living in Connecticut, and I've talked about this, you know, in my earlier podcast here this, on this program, I got to deal with Giants, and the Giants were good in the 80s, and they were winning the Super Bowls. Obviously, the Dallas had their run in the 90s, and the freaking Patriots, you know, went on their dynasty run. Meanwhile, I'm here as an Eagle fan where we always had really good teams but never could get the freaking, you know, never could get the Super Bowl, didn't have a Super Bowl. And so, but I never, I never faltered. I never wiltered. I've been bleeding green since I was about eight years old, living in Connecticut, wearing the colors. Everybody who has known Jeff Ruckdeshell that I have, uh, that has come across me in my lifetime since I was a kid knows that I'm an Eagles fan. I have it on my car. I wear the colors, like I said, jackets, you name it. And, uh, so, like, that, I guess what I'm saying is, so when I get to Philadelphia, when I go to these games, and I'm surrounded by 70,000-plus Eagles fans, it is an awesome, awesome feeling. And I don't know if, like, Eagle fans that are from the area that live in Philly can relate to that. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they get a they, – they, they still get that same sense, but not as strong. Because me, I'm, I'm not from the area. It's just – it's like it's like going home. It's the best way I can kind of – summarize it so anyway got the tickets matt was able to you know made sure that matt could uh you know see his schedule would be cleared so he can join me down there and uh we had a blast man we had a blast and actually just give you a little bit of the game experience there was actually more giants fans that went to the game that i was expecting i mean you know it's hard to put a number on it but i would say you know there's like seventy thousand people in the link there had to be about 5,000. 
I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't know. But there's a good smattering of blue jerseys across the entire stadium. Um, you know, still well, you know, 99, 95% Eagle fans for sure. But, um, I, you know, just not used to seeing an opposing jersey in Philadelphia. So there was a decent amount of Giant fans that got into the game. Obviously, they left early. You're welcome, Giants fans, to get ahead of the traffic. Taking that boot in the ass on the way home. But uh, we actually were sitting next to one of the uh, one of the Giants fans. And this guy, I'll share just a personal story this, with this guy. Um, he came by himself. Now, think about, first of all, what I'm getting at. You know, everybody knows you're walking into enemy territory when you come to Philadelphia with an opposing jersey on, especially in the playoffs. And especially the Giants, and even worse is the Cowboys. But obviously you have the right, you know, as a fan to, to do that. I'm not saying, you know, but I just, you know, we know Philly. Things can get a little out of, uh, out of control. I am a respectful fan, and I would never, you know, get into it with an opposing fan. I mean, verbally, of course, just some, you know, innocent back and forth and trash talking. But, uh, you know, I would never you know, fight an opposing fan, unless they started it. But, you know, I, I will never be out to, you know, ruin the guy's game experience. But anyway, so this guy, <clears throat> he's a Giants fan from Pittsburgh. Like, I, I traveled a long way to this game from Connecticut. You know, it's almost four hours. This guy's a Giant fan from Pittsburgh that drove to this game by himself. He was probably in his mid-20s, maybe late 20s, something around that age. And I don't I don't know if I even caught his first name, but uh, but he was a cool Giants fan. I mean, we got to know him during the uh, – I, I said to him right off the – right to his face. I'm like, wait a minute, you're from Pittsburgh? And I'm like, you came here by yourself? And he's he had a Saquon, jer- you know, Saquon Barkley jersey on. I'm like, I said to him directly, I'm like, wow, you got some balls. I said, I give you extra credit for that, <laughs> you know, because I didn't realize that he came all the way from Pittsburgh and he was by himself. And, uh, but, you know, he was a cool guy. I mean, we got along during the game and uh, he took his beating well. Uh, you know, he, he, was, he was a really cool guy. In fact, it was to the point where by the end of the game, I was like, man, I hope you get out of here all right. You know, I said, do you have, like, you driving back to Pittsburgh tonight? And he said, no. He said he had a good friend that lives in the, in the area that's, like, 20 minutes away. And he was staying staying with that guy. And I'm like, why didn't he come to the game with you? I'm like, as a friend, wouldn't that guy want to at least come to the game with him to make sure this, this dude didn't get pummeled? Because, again, in Philly, you don't even have to incite stuff for things to get out of hand sometimes. Um, anyway, none of that happened. In fact, in terms of the entire game, Normally, in fact, I almost expected it, especially in a blowout, for Eagle fans to kind of, you know, see fights somewhere in the stands, especially for the amount of Giants fans that did make the trip. Now, again, the Giants the Giants fans were basically cleared out by midway through the third quarter, certainly by the fourth quarter. They were pretty much all gone by then. But, you know, I've been to past games in the, certainly in the vet, and obviously even in the link, where there's always, especially in divisional games, some fights going on in various areas of the stands. Um, but there was none of that. I, I mean, I'm not saying that, well, I can't say definitively there was none of that, but I didn't see any. And uh, so I guess that that uh, that's good. That's a good thing. I mean, nobody, 
I think Philly really gets a bad rap. Unfortunately, it is justified. Um, I would still not recommend anyone come to the link with the posing jersey on because you're just asking for it. But there's um, there was no like you know there wasn't a tons of fights that I've seen in the past break out um, that I've seen before in Philadelphia. But anyway, I didn't want to get off on a long tangent there, which I did. I just wanted to give you a sense of the game experience there, and and um, I, again, I don't know that that Giants fan's name, but uh, he was a, he was a cool guy, and uh, uh, you know I think he I think he got you know home okay, hopefully. Um, but that game itself, right from the get go, man. I mean, the Eagles lost the uh, coin flip, and the Giants won it, and diverted, so the Eagles got the ball. and And Matt and I said before the game, and I think I mentioned on a on the podcast or we both mentioned it, is that the key to this game for the Eagles was to just, you know, make a stamp, make a stamp. I mean, stamp this out. Um, statement, rather. Stamp. I'm like thinking stamp is not the wrong word, but I'm like talking about stamp it. Make a statement, right, that we're back. This is the playoffs now. Jalen's back. Let's get it going. And the best way to do that was to get the ball take it down the field, and put seven on the board right off the bat. And that's exactly what the Eagles did. Second play of the game, 40-yard pass uh, against Adoree Jackson, by the way, who all the Giants fans are pumping up. Oh, yo, he was he shut down Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you know, this, that, and the other, which he did. I was even saying the same thing. But the Eagles went right off the bat and attacked him. And uh, Devontae Smith from Jalen Hurts for 40 yards down the field, and then they just marched in. A couple plays later, Dallas Goddard in the end zone with a nice one-handed catch, and the Eagles were off to the races. Giants got the ball. You know, we're, we're, we're stopped. Eagles got the ball back, went right down the field again, and scored 14 nothing before you blunk an eye. The game was over at that point. For all intents and purposes, that game was over. And it was just the only thing left was just a further beating for the rest of the game. That was as non-competitive a game as I've ever seen in person. And probably maybe I can't think of any off the top of my head that I've seen in general. Uh, the Giants just got their asses absolutely kicked in. And um, they had a good season, but they were playing in a different league, different level. This was not the Minnesota Vikings. And the Giants learned that quickly, and they learned it the hard way, as they say. It was a dose of reality for that organization that they are in nowhere near as good as the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they are taking some steps. There's no doubt the Giants had a better season than I think a lot of us thought. It seems like they have the right pieces in place coaching-wise. It's up to them to figure out what to do with Daniel Jones and everybody else. And this is... Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff, not Giants talk with Jeff. So I'm pretty much done talking about them. So let's get back to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. I said that he answered a lot of questions. He absolutely did. Was he, is he 100% healthy? I think clearly he's still not 100% healthy. But when I say clearly, I'm only saying that because of what he's been saying. And uh, apparently he said to... Um, Pam Oliver before the game, he's no, he's nowhere near 100% healthy. Now, does he look like it on the field? He's still playing smart. He did run the ball more this game, showed that he could run. 
but he played smart again. Like he, there was a couple plays where he was going down the sideline and he stepped out of bounds. And there's plays, you know, about six weeks ago, he probably would have took the guy on. There's only one tackler in front of him. So he's playing it smart. He's getting the yards that he needs and trying to avoid contact. He did take a couple hits, which is good because he bounced right back up. He didn't take anything too serious. He didn't take any like sacks with guys landing on him or anything. But he did, you know, get tackled a few times by several Giants. Threw the ball pretty well. You know, he wasn't the most accurate that I've seen him all year. I mean, even the play to Dallas Goddard, that first touchdown, Goddard had to make a nice one-handed catch. The pass wasn't right on him, but it was, you know, close enough, and and Goddard made a great catch. And he missed A.J. Brown later in the game. Uh, Brown had his guy beat in the end zone, and he overthrew him by about three feet. Uh, But other than that, he was just, you know, I don't think he was the most precise and accurate I've ever seen him. But he was definitely good enough, and he was. I'm not trying to say he was inaccurate in this game. I'm not trying to say that. The only one who was inaccurate really was the Brown pass that he overthrew. But those type of things even happen to the best quarterbacks. You know, occasionally overthrow a guy. Um. So, you know, and here's the thing: the Eagles blew the doors off the Giants, scoring 38 points, and the Giants, to their credit, or just the way the, the offense was schemed that game. Really shut down A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown only had like 30 yards receiving. And the Eagles still scored 38 points. This is why this team is a force to stop for any defense. When the Eagles get going, they can beat you over the air. They can beat you on the ground a variety of ways. They can beat you with just Jalen Hurts on his own. This team is tough to stop. And that's why I'm not, I don't fear anybody. A lot of people, oh, you know, 49ers are not coming in. They've won, what, 11 straight games or whatever it is. They haven't played the Eagles. They haven't played the Eagles. And you got to play the Eagles in Philly. And you got to come across the country to play the Eagles in Philly. And you got one day less of planning and preparation than the Eagles do. It's a tall task. I know the 49ers are good. I'm not going to take anything away from them. And I'll talk about them, obviously, in the preview podcast later this week. But anyone who thinks that this is, you know, the 49ers are just going to come in and, you know, they're out, they're already in a Super Bowl, you know, they, they're not paying much attention or they just don't know football. No. It's going to be a good game. I think the 49ers are very good. I respect them a lot. They're physical. They're very talented on defense, and they got a lot of weapons on offense. And they also have a rookie quarterback that is yet to be tested like the Eagles can test him. That's the other thing. I mean, he's not a world beater. I've watched him now. He's obviously good. I mean, you don't win this many games in a row not being good. And he does have a lot of weapons. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he hasn't been rattled yet. They didn't have a great game tonight against Dallas from what I saw. Played okay. But I'm not, I don't have any fear of this guy. Bring him in. I, and at the bottom line, and we'll talk about this, obviously, but my initial thoughts, I can't see a rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, and obviously I only say that because of where his draft position was. Obviously he's irrelevant. I'm not trying to knock him in that sense. I'm just saying it's he was not like this guy's like, you know, 
uh, number one draft pick or, you know, highly touted rookie coming in, star rookie. I can't see this guy coming into Philadelphia and stopping the Eagles from going to the Super Bowl. It's hard for me to just rationalize that. No matter how talented, and I know they are, the 49ers are, and how well coached they are. I can't see it happening. I just think at some point in this game, he's going to make a mistake. <clears throat> Sorry. Like I said, my voice is a little a little bit uh, harsh from the uh, from blasting as much decibels as I pumped out in that Eagles game last uh, last night. Surprised I even have this much of a voice, quite honestly. Um, it was loud at the lake, man. That atmosphere, the freaking crowd. I don't know how it came off on TV. I really want to watch the game from a TV standpoint. Um, I don't know how loud it came off on TV, but that that atmosphere, that crowd at the lake last night was in it the entire game, right from the beginning. And... Uh, so I'm not going to keep this podcast too. I didn't make any notes or anything. I don't know if I'm how deep I want to get into the game. I mean, obviously, the guys we needed to step up stepped up. Hertz had a great game. Miles Sanders in the running game was amazing. Sanders ran really well, ran hard. Kenneth Gainwell with his first career 100-yard game, he was awesome. I mean, the Giants defense was just exhausted by the second half, and Gainwell was just blowing them just just running right over them. Uh, he had a great game, so good job for Gainwell. And, of course, the giant killer, Boston Scott. Was there any doubt that he was going to score a touchdown in this game? Of course not. He found his way into the end zone. The Eagles ran for 268 yards, something like that, in the game. Just, I mean, that is... That's impressive. It's not like the Giants have a bad defense. I mean, that's the strength of that team. Not that they have a juggernaut defense either. I'm not trying to say they're, you know, one of the league's best. But that's a good defense with a good defensive coach on, on the Giants. And they were playing well heading into that game. They had no answers. Mr. Lawrence, uh, meet Kelsey once again, who won that matchup. Eagles defensive line absolutely tore apart the Giants' offensive line. We're all over Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones came off a 300-yard performance and over 70 rushing yards against the Vikings. He was held to just, what, barely 100 yards passing and like 30 yards rushing, 25 yards rushing, something like that. He was he had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. He looked, he looked scared out there. And he looked like he didn't want anything to do. Like he just wanted to get the hell out of town. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Dallas Goddard was awesome. I knew Goddard would be a weapon. I, I, I figured that the Eagles would go to Goddard, especially early, because that, uh, you know, the, the Giants linebackers are the weak part of that defense for sure. They, they don't have a really good secondary there. I mean, they have some decent guys back there, but uh, their linebackers are terrible on the Giants. And I figured Dallas Goddard would have some shots there, and, and the Eagles took advantage of that. Um. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, sometime on this podcast, you're just going to get random thoughts from me. And I just wanted to kind of, um, you know, share that experience with that Giants fan and the atmosphere of the game. After the game, obviously, it was just huge celebration in the parking lots and 
And, uh, you know, it was just a party. I've been telling my friends, I'm like, it wasn't, it was, it was a game, but it was more of a party. It was like just a nonstop party in Philadelphia from, you know, pregame at the tailgating. Obviously the game itself was just a party. It was a non-competitive ass whooping of the Giants. And then after the game, just, you know, additional just partying, you know, having fun with, with Eagle fans. And Matt and I had a great time. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a great experience, man. And uh, I wish I had, I wish the tickets were either cheaper or I had the money to afford going back. Cause I would, I would get tickets to the, to the NFC championship game. I did go five years ago. Um, or we did go, Matt, you know, Matt was there also for that one. And, you know, we, we saw that. So really we couldn't see, I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, it's, I'd love to be there. Don't get me wrong, but to spend the amount of money you have to, you know, thousands of dollars per ticket. Um, and I know that it's not going to eclipse what I've already experienced five years ago. Cause I was there when they beat the Vikings and saw the coronation NFC championship and spent a ton of money back then uh, to do that. It just doesn't, you know, I'm going to watch it from, from the TV at home at this for this NFC championship. Plus, again, you know, I don't live in Philadelphia, so there's other costs on top of, you know, the ticket, you know, the driving, uh, gas, hotel, and all that, that, that you know, I have to, that we pay for, you know, I got to pay for, um, where if you live in the area, you don't have to worry about a hotel expense or anything like that, so... Um, Anyway, we had uh, it was an awesome time. It was a great victory. It's always great to kick, kick the Giants' ass. Uh, living in Connecticut, I got a lot of uh, a lot of Giants fans I got to deal with. Um, some Giants fans are cool. I have a lot of a lot of good friends that are Giants fans, um, and it's always good to have you know the banter back and forth. But there are a lot of Giants fans this week that I don't know. You know, just Giants fans in general in Connecticut. Uh, on social media that were talking like they were cocky. Like they they actually thought, I mean, it's good to be an optimistic fan. I mean, you always hope that your team can win, but they were like talking smack, like, like that they were going to beat the Eagles. And they're overrated. And, you know, this is our year and all this kind of thing. Our way, this mantra they had, our way, our this, our that. You, know, you found your way home. So kudos to, uh, Special shout out. I can't end the uh, episode without shouting out to Johnny, the our guest of the show, um, another guest that we've had on the program in the past. Who, like I said, I mentioned it during the preview show that uh, he said the Eagles going to win this game easy. He's the uh, Washington Commander fan, knows football very well. That's why I bring him on the show. He knows his football, and you know he was uh, had the objective view because. You know, I think as a fan, you're always a little bit nervous anyway when you're in a playoff game because, you know, your season's one and done. Even though, again, I knew the Eagles were a better team and I knew they'd win the game. But, you know, the NFC East battles, especially divisional, you know, divisional battles, you never know how they're going to go. Usually they're close games. Um, so I kind of felt that that's how this game was going to go. Not, not that I kind of felt. That's how I felt this game was going to go. I thought it was going to be a close game. You know, I thought the Eagles would win but probably by less than a touchdown. And uh, Johnny said, no, nah, this is going to be a 14-plus win. You're going to win by at least 14 points. And I, I said to him, like, man, I just wish I had your confidence, you know. Uh, I wish I was that confident. And uh, But he had that – he had it pinned right 100%. So kudos. Congratulations, Johnny. I'm glad you're right. Like I said all along, I was hoping you were right. 
So now it's the 49ers. We'll talk about that on the next episode as the Eagles uh, march on. The other games, again, I, I because I was traveling today, um, I didn't, you know, wasn't able to see much of the uh, Cincinnati Bills game. I saw some of it when I got home, but um, you know, the Bengals looked impressive. They they definitely uh, definitely took it to the Bills in a snowy game. And I, again, I'm a huge fan of Burrow. I was rooting for the Bengals in that game. Um, I, Bengal, you know. Chase and Burrow are two of my favorite players outside that are non-Eagles. Uh, and I just have said, you know, if Cincinnati could just get Burrow an offensive line, I don't know if anybody could beat that team. But that's what makes them – that's their weakness, and that might come back and bite them if they play a really good defense, like the Eagles, uh, for example. So we'll see how that's going to uh, pan out. But the Eagles got some unfinished business. I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to get ahead of myself. This 49er team is damn good. They are very, very good. Uh, the Eagles are going to have to play a game to beat this team, whether it's pretty or not, rookie in there or not. There's a lot of weapons to deal with and a lot of guys who are gamers, bona fide studs on that 49er team. Kittle, one of the top elite tight ends in the league. He is a problem for any team and will be for the Eagles. Uh, Debo Samuel, a guy that I've said, if I if there's another player in the entire NFL that I would love to have on the Eagles, I've been saying all along, it's Debo Samuel. I love how that guy plays. I love Debo Samuel. I'm a huge fan of him. So he's going to be somebody you're going to have to deal with. And they have other weapons. Ayuk, really good player. And obviously the McCaffrey at running back can do everything at running back. Guy with sure hands, can run, can catch. This is going to present the Eagles with a big-time challenge for Gannon and, and the defense. They're going to be have to be on their, on their mark, you know. And the thing is, the fact that this game is at the link, I think the Eagles, being that they're going to be home, you know, this defense is, is going to be up to the task, I think. I mean, I, I definitely think. That uh, you know, I watched some of the game tonight against Dallas, and the Eagles' defense is better than Dallas, and Dallas held that team down. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to hold the 49ers, right? To exactly what Dallas did, hold them under 20 points, and the Eagles, I think, can put points on this on this 49er defense as good as they are, because again, I don't think any team can stop this Eagles offense when they're on. So that's kind of just my initial thoughts of the game. I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but, you know, that's that's just, you know, what I'm thinking about at this time. You know, it's just uh, I feel that that's initially how I kind of see this game panning out. Uh, but we'll see. We're going to talk about a lot more. I'm going to try to see if I can get Matt back on for the preview uh, show later this week, probably Thursday. So make sure you, you tune in for that. And I really am interested in your thoughts. How did you... Uh, what are your thoughts on the Giants game? What are your thoughts on the 49ers game? Email us at the show. Uh, love to hear from you. P-E-T-W-G at gmail.com. Again, P-E-T-W-G at gmail.com. And by the way, Dallas, there's always next year. 
I enjoyed that. Anytime Dallas loses, I mean, I think we all get a nice little laugh out of that. So goodbye, Dallas. Goodbye, Jerry Jones. It's always lovely to see him in the in the booth at the end of the game. He's all nervous, biting his, you know, biting his nails. And by the way, I don't know what the heck they had called at that uh, last game, you know, the last play of the game when they were trying to set up some kind of trick play. But all I saw was Zeke Elliott actually hiking the ball to Zet to Dak and actually getting at, ran over like a Mack truck. And then the play, he just threw it to, um, I don't know, I think it was Lamb. I don't know, I can't remember who he threw it to, but it was like a just quick pass to the Lamb and he just got absolutely stuffed. So it was whatever that amazingly designed play that they had planned went absolutely nowhere. And goodbye, Dallas. Let's turn off the lights for your season. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. Eagles Nation, congratulations on kicking the can and the tar out of the Giants. And now we bring in the 49ers. We welcome them to Philadelphia. One more game to go, and we're in the dance. We're in the bowl. And it's nice that you're here for the ride. So make sure you come on back and stay tuned for the next episode. Take care, everyone.